ought to always, always thank him. We don't, we can't afford to take anything for granted. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. I tell you, it's a privilege to be in the house of the Lord. And I thank God for this another privilege that he's allowed us to come together one more time. Help me out this morning. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us, let us, let us exalt his name together. Amen. Amen. So this morning, this morning, a uh, very familiar passage has been chosen for our examination. If you go to Matthew chapter 14 and begin at verse 22, you will find these words. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And, the fourth, and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then, that, then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Now, this morning, what I want to do is I want to look at an additional passage from the book of Mark. The chapter is 4. And we will begin at verse 35, where you will find these words. And the same day. When the even was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they 
they took him, even as he was, in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto him, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. As we look at these passages side by side, the distinctions get my attention. In Matthew, when Jesus walked on the water and came unto the ship and the wind ceased, the text says they worshipped him saying thou art the son of God in Mark when he got up and spoke to the wind and said peace be still they were amazed in Matthew he said why have you so little faith in Mark he said why have you no faith. And so as I examine this, the question this morning is to you this morning is, are you in Matthew or Mark? Are you in Matthew or Mark? Now, there's, there's an interesting pattern that emerges when you look at these side by side. They're not the same, but I believe they're both connected by their, by your, by your, by their differences. Uh, if the Lord went with you last time, don't fret when it seemed like he's not there this time. The first time, he said, let us go. They, he knew the storm was coming. He knew they would, they would need the comfort of his presence. But then they didn't know that they would need him. See, we can't see in the future. We don't know what's coming around the corner. But we can trust in the one who can. God knows what we face. He knows what you have, and he knows what you need. If he was with me last time, he'll be with me and send help to me this time. God would not send you where his grace could not cover you. If you don't see him, he's still there. Go to the highest mountain. God is already there. Plunge to the depths of the ocean. He'll be down there waiting for you. God is already there. You can go west until west become east. You won't run away from God. 
And so wherever you are, wherever your circumstances land you, God is already there. There are some in our fellowship who have to be informed that God is already there. He sees all. He knows all. So you don't have to worry when trouble comes. Let me put it this way. We don't have to worry as much as we do. It's not easy to turn your worry off. Say amen, somebody. I don't care how long you've been in Christ. I don't care how many prayers you pray, how many scriptures you know, how many sermons you heard, and how many classes you teach. Worry will still show up. But if we forget who God is, we'll wind up worrying more than we really ought to be worrying. They didn't know how precious it was to have the Lord on their side. And some this morning need to recognize how good it is to be a child of God. There, there are some in this audience who have seen the power of God in their lives. And sometimes we just need to be reminded. Isn't that right? We don't always live in still waters and green pastures. Sometimes we have to go through the valley of the shadow of death. Every now and then a storm will rear up in our lives. And we just need to be reminded. Because folk always need to be reminded. Abraham needed to be reminded. Isaac needed to be reminded. Jacob needed to be reminded. Moses needed to be reminded. Israel needed to be reminded. The apostles needed to be reminded. The early church needed to be reminded. Guess what, Maypole? We need to be reminded. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we, we forget that God is a delivering God. Now let's, let's look at these two passages. In, in, in Mark, the text said he went to sleep while he was with them. In Matthew, the text says he waited until the evening came. In Matthew, they're, they're, they're going across the lake. And they, the lake is only six miles wide. The Bible said when Jesus came to them, they were in the midst of the lake. Too late to turn around. You might as well just go on across. You'd have gone halfway. Isn't that all right? And so now, so now they're right in the middle. They're at a, they're at a point of no return. They've been rowing hard. Peter, James, and John are fishermen. They know about the sea. They know about water in the storm. They know about navigating a ship. But it's late at night. The text says in the fourth hour, it's between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. And they can't get across. Doesn't it always seem like it gets real dark when trouble shows up? It doesn't matter what time of day it is. It could be 2 in the afternoon. But it seemed like a long night. Then it always seemed like I'd have tried all I know to try. They rode and toiled, and the wind was contrary. The Bible said the wind was against them. The wind was a contrary wind. It, it seems like it seemed like the storm in Mark was a little tougher 
than the one in Matthew. Because the Bible said in Mark, it was a great storm arose. In Matthew, they were just fighting some, some contrary winds. You can't handle a storm. Right. If you can't handle some contrary winds. And the Lord is sending them out on their own right. to see what they was going to do. But know this. He didn't leave them by themselves. Even when they thought they were by themselves, he had not left them by themselves. They had been fighting to stay afloat all night. And just before dawn, here comes someone walking on the water. They thought it was a spirit and cried out for fear. And to their defense, if I was on that boat at between 3 and 6 in the morning, had been rowing all night and wasn't getting nowhere, and I see somebody walking on the water, if I had not read this passage, I probably, I probably would have thought it was a spirit too. Sometimes, sometimes God do stuff that we ain't never seen before and we just can't believe it. But when they saw this spirit, it frightened them. I'm already about to drown. I'm trying to keep the boat upright and keep it pointed in the right direction. I've been toiling all night. Now here come a spirit too. It's like, it's like I already got enough issues. What now? Anybody ever had a what now moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get this intimidating looking letter in the mail. What now? Yeah, yeah. Boss say he want to see you in the office first thing. What now? Hear a loud scream in another room. What now? It ain't as if I ain't already got enough issues. Here comes something else. Something hurt that didn't hurt yesterday. I know I can get some amens on now. First thing, what now? And to add to my list of issues, here comes something else. Here comes a ghost walking on the water. Police pull up behind you, put the lights on. Oh, what now? Isn't that right? Yeah, I never forget. We kept, me and my wife were coming home from somewhere, and, and Jason was home by himself. And we turned on our block, and I saw three police cars, three fire engines, an ambulance. All of them had their lights on, and they were in front of my house. Boy, my blood pressure shot up. Hands started trembling. I know this boy is home by himself. I mean, he was a teenager. He wasn't no little child, but he was home by himself. And now all of this, my first thought is, what now? Fortunately, it was something else. A lady had, lady had run into the light pole and knocked it over, and it fell down, and they was, you know. But it wasn't in the house. I was so scared. And then I get out, and I go up there to the cop and say, stay back. I said, no, that's my house right there. I live right there. He said, well, you got to stay back, sir. I said, well, what's going on? And then he pointed to the light pole laying in the street. I'm like, Phew. Anybody ever been there? Fred Sanford said, Elizabeth? Uh, 
you under 50, you didn't get that one. Don't worry about it. That's right. <laughs> so they on the boat. And they're having trouble already. And here come a ghost walking on the water. I know they were worried. They, when they, what they had already seen from Jesus should have empowered them. What they had already seen him do should have increased their faith. And so when I look at his apostles, the ones who walked with him and ate with him and talked with him and learned from him and slept with him and traveled with him, when I look at them and I see that their faith it ain't always up to par, I don't feel so bad because I know I'm in good company. And I know that even if you have a little faith, it can turn into a great faith. And so when you look at your faith, it may not be a great faith yet, but you need to start with a little faith and it'll grow into a great faith. Because remember, remember in Mark, he asked him, why is it that he have no faith? By the time we get to Matthew, he said, you just have a little faith. Well, I'm better off than I was last time we was in a storm. And that's the, that's the way it's supposed to work, people. When you come through one storm, you're supposed to be better off than you were when you went in there. So that the next storm come around, you done grown a little bit. You went from zero faith to a little faith. And guess what the next storm's supposed to do? It's supposed to increase that little faith to a little more. Y'all getting it? And so I'm asking you, where are you at now? Are you in Matthew or you in Mark? The distincts, the differences between these two passages just jump out at me. In Mark, they went down to find him. They went down to wake him up when the storm got too bad. In Matthew, he came to them. In Mark, they asked him, carest thou not that we perish? They didn't even think he cared. In, in, in Mark, in Matthew, they thought he was a ghost. In Mark, they were all on the ship when the miracle happened. In, 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 in Mark, in Matthew, Peter got off the ship and said, I want to walk like you walk. Peter said, I got a little faith. I ain't got enough faith, but I got at least a little faith. Lord have mercy. We ought to pray to God and increase our little our little faith. In Mark, he said, why are you so fearful? In Matthew, he says, wherefore didst thou doubt? In Mark, he rebuked the wind and the sea with a word. In Matthew, the text says, when he came on the ship, the storm ceased. He calmed the wind and sea, but in, in Mark, but in Matthew, it didn't stop till he was on the ship. While they were looking at Jesus, walking on the water, the wind was still blowing. Y'all notice that? Because the wind, it didn't cease till he got on the ship. So while he was walking, and they were afraid, the wind 
was still blowing. When he called out to them and identified himself, the wind was still blowing. When Peter decided, I want to go to my Savior and got out the boat, the wind was still blowing. When Jesus reached down and pulled him up out the water, the wind was still blowing. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying just because the Lord shows up don't mean the wind going to stop blowing. Sometimes God has to show you I can hold you up in the wind. I don't have to stop the wind. I don't have to stop the storm. I can navigate your life through the storm. Sometimes God gets greater glory when we're in big trouble. Everybody know their prayer life increases when you're in big trouble, right? Yeah, yeah, we pray a whole lot. We thank him a whole lot. We pray when we're in big trouble. Sometimes it takes big trouble to put us on our knees. He was, he, was, he was coming to them to save them, coming to them to protect them, coming to them to comfort them, but the wind kept on blowing. Peter, walking on the water, doing something nobody's ever done before. No doubt Peter was getting wet. When he took his eyes off to Jesus, he started to sink. Peter was getting wet. Anybody knows sometimes you might have to get wet yeah, yeah, we see we want we want God to make a nice clean deliverance. But sometimes you might have to get wet. Sometimes, sometimes the wind gonna still be blowing. Sometimes you might still be crying and the Lord is just delivering you and you don't even see it. Amen. In Mark, they had Jesus on the ship with them. And they still toiling and growing and turn until they finally realize, I think we better go ask Jesus about this thing because all of us up here working and he down there sleeping. You can tell, you can tell in Mark, they hadn't quite learned him yet. You know why? Because they, said they asked him, carest thou not that we perish? Don't you even care about us? Y'all don't know me, do you? I left glory because I cared about you. I came down here to suffer, bleed, and die because I cared about you. I suffered the slings and arrows of mean-spirited men because I cared about you. I'm about to put my life on the land, on the line and go sleep in a grave for three days because I care about you. And you got the nerve. To ask me if I care. They didn't know Jesus. And sometimes we act like we don't know Jesus. We wonder why. Why? 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 Why am I having so much trouble? Why is everybody always picking on me? Why am I hurting all the time? Why am I so sad all the time? But we need to recognize that God gave us a joy that can't nobody bother. You have joy in the hospital. You have joy in the poorhouse. You have joy in the unemployment line. You can have joy all by yourself. 
You can have joy sitting on the side of the road with a broke down car. You can have joy when everybody else think you ought to be crying. Because I got a savior who cared about me. The text says, in Mark, they feared. In Mark, they said, what manner of man is this? What he did was amazing. What manner of man is this? The first time he comes through may be met with amazement. But once you know him and what he can do, amazement should turn into adoration. Fear should turn into faith. Questions are replaced with confidence. In Mark, they didn't know him. But in Matthew, they knew who he was. Amen. They said, surely you are the son of God. Yes, Instead of being fearful and amazed in Matthew, they started worshiping and testifying. Yes. Some of us today are still in Mark when we ought to be in Matthew. We're still wondering when we should be walking on water. We're still worrying when we should be worshiping. As many times as God has come through for us, we should be first in line to quote right along with Paul, Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20. Now unto him who was able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. So next time you're in a storm, and it might be right now, don't find yourself in Mark saying, what kind of man is this? You ought to find yourself in Matthew worshiping and giving God the glory. When your troubles come, you ought to be worshiping. When friends turn their back on you, you ought to be worshiping. When you ain't got no money, you ought to be worshiping. When you just don't feel good, you ought to be worshiping. Even when you're happy, you ought to be worshiping. It's time now for God's people to start worshiping. I'm glad I get a chance to worship him. I had to deal with so much other foolishness. I look for my chance to worship him. He done some stuff in my life. Anybody here think you ought to worship him? I think I'm in good company here. Somebody had a blessing today. Somebody had a blessing this week. Somebody ain't good this week. It's time to start worshiping. You don't have to just sit back with amazement about who God is. Worship him. Once they recognize who he was. So you can be amazed yes, sir. Yes, sir. at what he does. But when you recognize who he is, see who he is is, is different than what he does. What he does just points to who he is. Y'all see this? What he does validates who he is. And if we just get stuck looking at what he does, all we'll be is amazed. But when we recognize who he is, they say you are the son of God. No more amazement. Now it's adoration. Now they're worshiping him. And when you recognize who the Lord is, you can't help 
but worship him. Next time you're in a storm, let the onlookers find you worshiping. Let the haters find you worshiping. Let the sympathizers find you worshiping. When you know who he is and you know whose you are, you can say, I will bless the Lord at all time. I too, I too need to sometimes be reminded of who God really is. Because I'm made of flesh and blood just like you. And every now and then I get sad. Every now and then I get discouraged. Every now and then I get worried. Every now and then I get uncertain. And I need to be reminded. I need to be reminded that he is the son of God. And what does that say when you know God? Then you know what that means. He's the son of the almighty. He's the son of the great Jehovah. He's the son who came down and died for our sins. Sometimes we just need to be reminded. And I tell you many times, a reminder doesn't really affect us when we already remember. It's when we forget. That's when we need a reminder. Y'all follow what I'm saying? And see, if you remind a person enough times, hopefully they won't forget. Isn't that all right? Now, I did say hopefully because my forgetter works real good. My memory ain't what it used to be. But I can forget with the best of them. Even stuff that I know that I know. Even stuff that I tell myself, I ain't going to forget it. How many times have we uttered those words, I'll never forget? Yeah, yeah, we, we say that while we remember. Is that all right? Yeah, I, I, I done forgot. I done forgot. So we forget. That's why we need to be reminded. Yeah. I need to be reminded of who he is, whose I am. I belong to Jesus, and so should you. I'm covered by Jesus, and you should be too. I'm trusting in Jesus, and you ought to trust him too. I'm protected by Jesus, and you could be too. He's known by many names, but I just like to call him Jesus. He's Mary's baby, but to me, he's Jesus. He is the lily of the valley, but to me, he's Jesus. I know he's the bright in the morning star and the rose of Sharon and the lion of the tribe of Judah, but sometimes I just like to say Jesus. I know he's the lion of the tribe of Judah, Alpha and Omega, the firstborn from the dead, but I just like to call him Jesus. Sometimes I think of him as the king of kings and the lord of lords, stone hewn out the mountain, but I just like to call him Jesus. Jesus, when I'm worried. Jesus, when I'm weak. Jesus, when I'm wounded. Jesus, when I'm in trouble. Jesus, when I'm sick. Jesus, when I stumble. Jesus, when I'm under attack. Jesus, when the clouds start gathering. Jesus, when the wind starts blowing. Jesus, when I'm up. Jesus, 
when I'm down. Jesus, when I feel all right. Jesus, when I ain't doing so well. Jesus, when I'm applauded. Jesus, when I'm vilified. Jesus, when they line up behind me. Jesus, when they line up against me. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. In Mark, they didn't know who he was. In Matthew, they knew who he was. In Mark, they were just amazed. In Matthew, they went to worshiping. I wonder, are you in Mark or are you in Matthew today? Are you just amazed or are you worshiping? Somebody here this morning is not a Christian. And you don't have a clue as to what we're talking about. You don't have a clue how good it is to become a Miss Chaos because you belong to Jesus. You don't have a clue of what it feels like to have your prayer answered and know it was nobody but the Lord. You don't don't have a clue of how it feels to open your eyes and the first thing come out your mouth is thank you, Jesus. You don't know nothing about that. But I tell you what, God got something for you. He got something wonderful for you. He got a peace that surpasses all understanding. When you're comforted in the arms of the master, when, when, when you're gathered together under his wings like baby chicks, when you know that he got his hand on you and he's watching out for you, you can't even explain that peace. When you know the Lord will make a way. You can't explain that to nobody. Only somebody who knows. Isn't that all right? Yeah. Have you ever tried to explain something to somebody and you can't quite put the right words together? And then you try to talk to somebody else who know what you're talking about? And then you say, you know. And they're like, yeah, I know. Oh, I know, I know. I think I'm talking to somebody up in here who knows. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I'm talking to somebody up in here who have, who have rejoiced through their tears. Do you know who the Lord is? In Mark, they didn't know who he was. In Matthew, they knew who he was. I wonder, do you know who he is? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. They say, you the son of God. Somebody here this morning. You need to be saved. You need to be baptized. You need to give yourself to Jesus. You don't have much time. Give your life to the master. He will make your life sublime. You ought to come to Jesus while you have a chance. You ought to come and be baptized and have your sins washed away and be added to the family of God. You ought to come. You ought not hesitate. You ought not ponder and, and discuss and debate. You ought to come to Jesus. Amen. I, I, I tell you what, I guarantee you, if you come to Jesus, he's gonna be he gonna wind up being more than you thought he could ever be. That's right. Just being able to say, Lord, have mercy. Uh-huh. Isn't that all right? Yeah. Anybody in this past week that had to say, Lord, have mercy? Why you say, Lord, have mercy? Because the psalmist says, Psalm 136, that his mercy endureth 
forever. Yes, sir. Sometimes you can't even assess a situation. All you can say is just, Lord, have mercy. I don't have the answer for this, but I, Lord, have mercy. If you want to belong to the Lord, you ought to come be baptized. Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Repent of your sins. Confess him as the Savior of the body. Amen. Savior of the world. That's right. And then be baptized in water. Amen. For the forgiveness of your sins. And if you do that, and you continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, right. one of these days, you'll be saying, I know he's the Prince of Peace. That's right. I just like to call him Jesus. Amen. Amen. Somebody hear me prayer. Mm-hmm. You've been dealing with some issues and, and, and you just can't get over the hump. Sometimes God is holding us up. We don't even realize it. That's right. Isn't that right? Yeah. You know, you, you, you're looking so hard for the finish line. Uh-huh. You forget that he's helping you put one foot in front of the other. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You, you're looking so much, anticipating so hard for this thing to be over. Mm-hmm. You're not even noticing that he has kept me sane throughout all of this turmoil. He has kept me upright throughout all of this foolishness. I haven't slipped my wrist. I haven't taken a handful of pills and called it a day. He has kept me going. Sometimes we look too much for the end and we forget that even through my stuff he's still holding me up. So we need to pray for you. You need us to pray for you? Then you ought to come and let the church pray for you. Praying for you is the best thing we can do. That's right. And thank God it's the easiest thing Amen. that we can do. Amen. Amen. Because, see, we don't need no reason. We don't need no time frame. We don't need no instructions. We already know how to do that. Yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we, you don't have to ask me who to address the letter to. I already know who to send it to. Amen. Yeah, yeah. And I already know what to tell them. Lord, have your way. Amen. Because I've learned that your way is not my way. Amen. Because if it was my way, it'd be much more messed up than it already is. Amen. Isn't that all right? Somebody want to come, you ought to come. 